WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. And the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live in-game offs on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. What is going on, Colts Nation? And welcome back to another episode of the Bring the Juice Colts podcast. Cody Felger here joining me via the telephone, Mr. Kevin Bowen himself from the fan. Kevin, how you doing, my friend? Do good, man. Enjoyed the uh, weekend off and kind of consumed Sunday football like everybody else. So that was fun and always exhilarating and relaxing. But at the same time, excited to get back into it and see if the Colts can make us interesting down the stretch. Absolutely, man. And, you know, just about halfway through, a little over halfway through, it's kind of weird, you know, with having a 17th game, you're like, we're kind of halfway through, but kind of not. So, you know, through nine games, though, the Colts sit at four and five, obviously not where the Colts want to be so far through the first half of the season. Um, Obviously yesterday, (laughs) nobody really did the Colts any favors in terms of teams that are vying for that spot. But I guess if there is uh, a silver lining here, Kevin, it is that there's a good chunk of teams that are sitting there one more game than the Colts at five wins apiece. So it seems like, Kevin, you know, maybe the AFC South's out of reach, but the Colts potentially still in this next half of the season have a chance at least at a wild card uh, spot. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty remarkable after Tennessee's win last night. I think their magic number to clinch is four, you know, combination of wins by them and Colts losses, which again, it's just crazy to think about in early November, but you know, hat tip to the Titans for what they've done. But yeah, when you look at the wild card, um, you know, it's just a very jumbled group. Uh, of course, you got the three spots that are there. You've got a team like Denver that I think was done, and then all of a sudden they get a huge win at Dallas yesterday. Obviously, Cleveland and Cincinnati, um, you know, kind of squaring off. It looks like the North and the West, you know, I think the best case scenario for the Colts is. You know, you get those two divisions kind of beat each other up. Uh, maybe, you know, each division sends two teams to the playoffs, and then the Colts, you know, outlast the Patriots, and boom, that's how you sneak in. Um, I, I still think you need to get to double-digit wins. If you're 9-8, and eight, you're going to have to win every tiebreaker known to man, and I just don't look at the schedule and the situation as being able to do that. So uh, that means a 6-2 and two finish to close out the year. That means, you know, obviously beating playoff teams and beating quarter quarterbacks that you have in quite a while yeah I mean the Colts have not been good you know the last couple years especially against playoff teams we know how bad they've been you know they come close a lot of times but can't seem to pull out the win and you look at a team like Tennessee who's boom beaten multiple multiple playoff teams and you just gotta wonder man what gives you know when are the Colts gonna you know do something about that you know when when does Chris Ballard Jim Mercer look at this and be like man you know we have struggled so much against those teams, like those playoff teams, like Buffalo, like even Tennessee, you know, some of those teams that are really uh, good teams. And, you know, the Colts have, you know, we all would say the Colts had playoff aspirations again. Um, what are your overall impressions on just how the Colts have honestly failed up to this point against teams like those contenders, teams that they have to beat if they want a chance at the playoffs? Yeah, Cody, it's interesting that you bring this up um, because I'm talking to somebody, you know, 
pretty high up in the organization the other day about this very topic. And it's a question that I threw to Frank Reich as well and saying, okay, eight straight playoff losses or losses left teams, why? And, I, and, and, and this person was saying to me, you know, I think to beat those teams on a consistent basis or even just a whatever, a, a once in every four times or something like that, you got to have a top 10 quarterback or you got to have a top 10 defense. Well, when you look at Tennessee, I don't think we call Ryan Tannehill a top 10 quarterback. I don't think we necessarily call their defense a top 10 defense. I know they've had great performances here last night and then a couple weeks ago against Kansas City. But, like, I just think Mike Vrabel has created a culture of accountability, toughness, the ability to finish. Um, and I think it's really hard to kind of, like, put your finger on. But I think he has done that. Um, and, obviously, Tennessee is now 6-0 and this year against those playoff teams from last season. So, uh, again, it's something that I think is hard to just naturally create. Uh, but I think for the Colts to start getting there, you need your defense to play at that level. And Carson, who I think has been pretty good um, for, for long stretches this season, him doing it against upper echelon competition, doing it in the fourth quarter, that's kind of the next step for him. Mm-hmm. Well, let's just get into this, Kevin. We'll kind of do this evaluation. I know you did put out an article, and I was like, oh, you know, it's funny timing because I was actually going to record a video today. So um, why don't you just kind of look at this Colts team nine weeks through the season, kind of look at the different aspects of this team. We'll start here with the offense. We'll start We'll start with probably the Colts bread and butter so far. That's been the running game. How have you evaluated this running game with Jonathan Taylor, Naheem Hines, Marlon Mack and company so far nine weeks into the season? Yeah, you know, when you look at it, probably you isolate the first three or four games, um, and then you – and that's probably a, an average grade for considering the amount of resources you have invested into that group. But then lately, they've definitely been an A. Um, the only thing that would be frustrating to me is just the usage of Jonathan Taylor. Um, and at times, I don't think Naeem Hines has gotten as consistent of, of, of touches. To me, it's like, you know, do you really need to target Ashton Doolin five, six times a game when, again, you've got – both those guys back there, very deserving of, of touches. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, all in all, and obviously Thursday night was the ultimate. And something I really try to stress on my podcast and our morning show is, yes, the Jets are the Jets, but the Jets are a good run defense. They were seventh in the NFL entering Thursday night, and you were historically good against them. Uh, so, yes, this rushing offense got back to, or this offense, I should say, got back to its identity. That's running the football at a high level. And I think that's what's... That's what potentially will scare teams around the AFC about the Colts. It's that, wow, you know, if they can do this and Wentz can play off that, this offense over the last few weeks has shown some ability, I think, to be a threat in January. Um, again, you're a long ways away from getting there, but that, I think, is something that's very encouraging. Colts football is finally back, and there's no need to exhaust yourself searching all over the Internet to find Colts tickets anymore. Because TickPick, that's T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K, is the original no-fee ticket site and the only one you'll ever need as your go-to for all NFL tickets. TickPick got rid of all those awful service fees that other ticket services charge, and this allows them to guarantee the best prices on all of their NFL tickets. Don't believe it? If you can find better prices than the same seats on another ticket site, TickPick will give you 110% of the difference in the purchase price. I know I'm still excited around all the different games that the Indianapolis Colts are going to have this season. I'm excited for some more home games. I'm going to hope hopefully get to be able to go to a couple home games this year and on the road. And 
whatever you're doing, Tick Picks got you covered there. And uh, if you're looking forward to attending this season um, as well, whatever game it is, I just recommend TickPick. I think they do a really good job of being able to provide tickets because we all know the hassle of trying to find tickets. So if you are interested, visit TickPick.com slash juice today to save $10 on your first order of Indianapolis Colts tickets. Absolutely. I, I think it was Jonathan Taylor's best outing in terms of obviously yardage, but also just usage. Like the Colts, I think it was 19 rushes for Jonathan Taylor. Correct me if I'm wrong. That's the most he's gotten this year so far. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. He has gotten that 20 mark. Um, but yeah, 19, a nice number. And again, I'll go back to Hines. Cody, I believe 13 touches for Hines. He had hovered right around a handful. Um, the last like a handful of games, really. And that, and that just can't happen, especially with the injury. Campbell, Hilton out of the lineup. Um, your dynamic athletes have got to touch the ball. And I think Hines getting that amount of work is something that needs to be much more consistent here in the second half of the year. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, I think these two running backs are so different, but they, they're so electric when they get the ball in their hands. So I definitely agree with you there. Um, let's move on, though, to the passing offense. Now, this is a – honestly, this is a very interesting thing because I feel like a lot of people are split on Carson Wentz and this Colts passing offense so far. I feel like, personally, Kevin, uh, Carson Wentz, at least from, you know, not turning the ball over and all those ways and quarterback rating and stuff, he's exceeded my expectations. I'm curious, though, from your standpoint, how has this passing offense looked for you so far? Yeah, you know, entering the season, obviously no question that, you know, I got, probably you got as well, more in the offseason is just what do you expect from Carson Wentz? Um, The the thing I kept on coming back to was I expect him to be above average. I expect him to be kind of in that 10 to 12 range as a QB. I think Frank Reich and him and that relationship will, you know, work out and, you know, will help Carson get back to maybe 2018, 2019 Carson. And I think we've certainly seen that. To me, I put him right in that kind of 10 to 12 mix. Um, now, again, uh, there is kind of the, all right, you know, what happens against the better teams? What happens in the pressure pack moments? You know, all of those things that um, are still kind of left to be checked off from that box. But, I mean, like you said, and Frank brought this up on Friday, I mean, who would have thought 17 touchdowns and three interceptions at this point of the season? I mean, certainly I, I would not have guessed that ratio. So, you know, how quickly he's gotten there um, and just his ability to strike the field a little bit more while still protecting it. Uh, has been something that's been huge for this team. So, you know, I'm curious to see if there's more in there. I think the Colts internally believe there's more in there for him. And if there is more in there, then again, that gets this offense to be a legit January type of unit and can complement, obviously, that that run game so well, which you know is going to get even more more, uh, attention from opposing defenses. Absolutely. And you do – I do kind of wonder this, Kevin. I've been kind of thinking about this recently – like next, say next year, you go and you get a receiver that actually can stay on the field, right? Because T.Y. Hilton and, and Paris Campbell both have missed more games than they played this year. How much of a factor do you think that could be, you know, moving forward if the Colts were to go out um, and get a guy that could actually be a legit number two alongside Michael Pittman um, in this offense? Yeah, I think it's a great point. Um, you know, obviously what Chris Bauer did in that 2020 draft is just, it's so so job well done in what the future of this offense looks like. Uh, but at the same time, I thought this past March, knowing what Taylor and Pittman gave you, I, I felt like it was a mistake that you didn't tap into wide receiver at all. Um, I, I thought it was kind of a rare chance at free agency where there are a couple of levels to those wideouts 
that I thought could have helped you out and just given a proven depth, like you said, maybe a more consistent body being available week in and week out because you know Campbell's going to get hurt. Unfortunately, that's where you're at. And obviously T.Y. is getting up there in age and I think very admittedly is you know, probably pondering his future, period, playing a game of football past the season. So, um, again, I thought that was a mistake in, in March. Um, and now you're kind of scrambling around that. We'll see, obviously, T.Y.'s availability moving forward. But now you're trying to kind of adjust on the fly with that. Mm-hmm, absolutely. And then you talk about this offensive line in terms of pass protection. You know, first couple of weeks, some injuries, some Eric Fisher getting back, you know, all those things. Carson Wentz got a, a hit a lot more, I feel like, in the first couple of weeks. But it seems like, Kevin, the last few weeks with this offensive line getting, you know, people back, getting healthy, getting more cohesive, seems like they've been able to protect him better. And, you know, obviously when you protect your quarterback, he's going to look better. What have you seen from this unit so far? Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Obviously, you got the starting unit back together for a couple of weeks here in a row. Now, we, we don't know the uh, update on Braden Smith. We'll have to see how that plays out. But um, I, thought their, I thought their best game of the season was Thursday from a protection standpoint. Um, you know, I, I read that stat off uh, from ESPN about yards after contact or yards before contact from Thursday night. I don't have the number in front of me. I want to say it was like 211 yards before contact for the Colts of their like 260, which is just a, <laughs> there probably is not, that, that number should be plastered inside their O-line room, just how game ball that, that deserves for that effort. And then, you know, Wentz only sacked once, uh, then that was kind of a line of scrimmage sack even. So, yeah, I feel like the line starting to get back to that level that you need it to be at as well. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, you know, you got to credit guys like Chris Reed and Matt Pryor for sure. guys that we didn't really know about a whole lot who have stepped in. And I think they played very well so far. Without a doubt. You know, there, there's some depth there. Obviously you might need Pryor a little bit more here again, if, depending on the Braden Smith injury, but yeah, I mean, this is, you feel pretty good about that first seven. And I don't know how many times I've said that about the Colts this late in the season, <laughs> especially a tackle. I feel that. Yeah. Are you finally ready to win money and boost your odds? WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. The excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. Get exclusive rewards right at your fingertips. Get in on the action with your favorite teams and players from the NFL, MLB, NHL, Gold, MMA, WNBA, college football, and more. Right now at WinBet, you can find great promos, odds, and payouts from boosted parlays to live in-game offs on every major sport. WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. Or subject to change. Terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 or older and present in a state where play through winbet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. All right. Well, let's move on now to this Colts defense. We'll start with the the part of this defense that's a little bit better. The Colts run defense right now. uh, Pretty decent. You know, it's not as good as it was last year, but I feel like this unit still isn't bad at stopping the run. That's kind of been the bread and butter of Matt Eberflus's defenses throughout the years. They've been pretty good against the run. What's your impression been so far of the Colts um, against these runs? They've obviously played Derrick Henry twice already, and I thought they did a pretty good job on him. But what is your perspective uh, on this Colts defense against the run so far? 
Yeah, I, I would agree. I would say really good. Um, it has been the most consistent thing under Eberflus. Um, now, outside of Henry, you haven't played a lot of kind of bona fide runners, you know, not a lot of great runners. Uh, but still, I mean, job, great job on Henry. I know he was limited a bit uh, a couple weeks ago, but still, I thought it was Grover Stewart was just a man child controlling the line of scrimmage in that matchup. So, yeah, the run defense has been really, really good for you. Hmm. Yeah. And then, you know, we have to talk about the Achilles heel of this team right now. It's that pass defense, man. I mean, I was at the game Thursday night and it's just it's almost like, you know, I think about 2017 and it's not quite there. But like 2017, I remember there was multiple games where the Colts were up and I'm just like, they're going to blow it. And they did. They kept blowing it. Now, the Colts haven't necessarily had that amount of collapse yet. But defensively, it started happening again against the Jets of all teams. What are your thoughts, man, on this pass defense? Because, you know, there's there's a lot of factors into this with the pass rush, with the, the you know, the injuries at the safety position, with the inconsistency at corner. Where are you at on this pass defense right now? Yeah, it's absolutely terrible, um, to be honest with you, Cody. And I think it goes back to how good the run defense has been. You know, think about that. Your run defense is putting you into very favorable down and distance situations to defend the pass, and yet – um, there is zero resistance whatsoever from the pass rush or the back end. Um, and, you know, I, I've written extensively about this and have talked about it a lot because Thursday wasn't a shock for me. Like, I, I you know, I'm kind of like Josh Johnson should have licking his chops going out there, knowing that this defense can give you um, a whole lot of opportunity to make plays against them. Uh, again, the, the pass rush rate, um, one of the worst in the league, uh, blame you know, on Chris Ballard for the lack of resources, uh, or I shouldn't say lack of resources. He's invested a ton of resources, the lack of, you know, talent, I guess, you know, and then the byproduct of that is, okay, is that on the coaching staff or not developing the amount of draft picks that you've invested there? Or is it more scheme related? What is it? You know, um, yes, you've seen Terrell Bashman, Quincy Wilson, Malik Hooker, some guys go elsewhere, not really do a whole lot, uh, but still, you know, that the downfall of the season will be, around their pass defense. Um, so, yeah, it's it's really disappointing because you, you've you put so much into that side of the ball, particularly that, that aspect to it, uh, pass defense, that uh, for you to struggle this much, um, like you said, it is your Achilles heel times, you know, a million. So what I'm, my question is, what can the Colts, can they do anything, you know, this the, to kind of help out that pass defense this season? Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Like, can the Colts do anything to, like, combat that? Because it's just getting to the point, man, where it's just like, how can you not make adjustments? Like, how does this keep happening every single week? I, I don't know if you have any thoughts on that, because I honestly don't know if I do. Yeah, you know, a um, couple things stand out to me. You know, when they play the, some of the league's best receivers – you know, A.J. Brown a couple weeks ago, 10 catches on 11 targets. I mean, I get A.J. Brown is really good at football, but like 10 catches on 11 targets for 150-some yards in the game's critical moments, he's left in one-on-one situations. Like, that cannot happen. So I think a better plan to take away Stephon Diggs coming up, Mike Evans coming up. You know, we'll see about the health of DeAndre Hopkins down the road. You know, things like that. Um, and then number two, um, you know, leading into Thursday night, I sent out a tweet before the game started, like, Based off what Mike White did in the game before against Cincinnati, you have got to disrupt timing. I think it's unfair to put all of that on the pass rush. When the quarterbacks are getting the ball out so quick, uh, that, that's just you could have Freeney and Mathis, and you're not going to disrupt timing that early in play. So how do you do that? Well, that's where you're coming up. You're playing press. 
you're, you're you're getting your hands on again. It's not like the Jets have some unbelievable wideout core. That's where you can readjust routes. Um, just disrupt that. Does that quarterback think twice about releasing that ball on the third step? Um, and your zone looks get settled in your zone looks a little bit you know quicker. And, and the underneath part of that zone's got to be tighter and more crisp. So. Um, I think those are a couple of things that just kind of pop into my head. I thought the Jets specifically had way too much free release in that game. You know, let those quarterbacks kind of settle into a rhythm. And then from then, you know, from there, they have a confidence level that uh, they feel like they can fit some balls into tighter windows. Yeah, absolutely. And hopefully Quiddy Pay starts coming on a little bit more. I thought he had his best performance on Thursday night. Still didn't get a sack, so hopefully the sacks will come. But, yeah, I think you're right in the fact that, like, I felt like you needed to go out and get a veteran pass rusher. You needed to do something with letting Danico Autry go. Um, it was just so weird to me because it seemed like, all right, are the Colts wanting to win now? Are they wanting to, you know, wait? And this is kind of like punting until 2022, 2023 and beyond. Like, I don't know. Like, it's just so like odd to me because, you know, you do certain things like you sign Eric Fisher, you trade for Carson Wentz, some moves that you're like, okay, are these more win now moves? And then you go and you let go Justin Houston. You let go Danico Watchery and you'd elect to go via the draft back-to-back rounds. I, I don't know, man. Well, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think that's another good point. You know, if you look at their moves in the offseason, some certainly screamed not win now. Others screamed very much win now. It was, like, there wasn't a real consistency. And I'm not necessarily married to that, but, like, it was head-scratching to me. I get wanting to play the younger defensive lineman. But I thought to myself, Houston and Autry, one of them needs to come back, and I want it to be Autry. That was the thing that I kept on coming with, of like his versatility, um, just how he kind of carries himself and the attitude he plays with. That's what I want. You know, I understand wanting to play young guys. You can still rotate in young guys. It's not like Danico Autry's playing 100% of the snaps. So, um, yeah, I thought, you know, I, I think you and I maybe talked about this before. I, I do an exercise every offseason, and I put the free agents at green categories bring back yellow can go both ways red don't bring back my three in the green I I had Xavier Rhodes and obviously that doesn't turn out too well I had Al-Kadim Muhammad and the other one that I had was Danico Autry I I just felt like those three guys were important to bring back even Rhodes just the fact that you don't have a lot of young corners that are proven so I think you need a lot of corners throughout the course of the season so yeah man um, you know the Colts wanted him back uh, and then the Titans just sweeten it just a hair more. Uh, so that kind of gets more into the Ballard philosophy. Like when you want a guy back and it's at a position that's so important to your football team, I think it's okay to go above and beyond and bring that guy back. Yeah, I know. This offseason was just – I wasn't the biggest fan of how the Colts approached it personally. Now I know there were certain things I liked, certain things I didn't like, and I think definitely how the way they handled that wasn't a big fan of that. I wish they would have, you know, done something more on that. But, you know, the good thing is that, you know, the Colts still have a chance here um, to potentially make a wild card push. Um, there's still a lot of teams that, and some teams that are kind of reeling, honestly, from whether that's injuries or losing streaks. So the good thing is the Colts are there. The bad thing is they started off so poorly again. And, you know, that's kind of been something I've, a beef I've had with, with this team and with this coaching staff, man, for a while now. It's like you just start off so bad, you put yourself in bad positions, and then you allow a Tennessee to get hot, and you allow them to go and take the division so early. I mean, I don't know, man. Uh, That's an issue I've had with Frank Reich for a long time with this football team is just the fact that that keeps happening, and he doesn't seem like it changes from year to year. 
I, in the in the fact that they haven't won, you know, a week one game ever since Frank Reich has been the coach, that's also been a big issue with me. I, I don't know your perspective on that, but uh, it's kind of getting to the point, man, where it's kind of getting uh, like maybe Frank's. I don't know. Maybe Frank's seat should get a little warm. I'm not saying fire him, but where? What are your thoughts there on that? Yeah, I think it definitely needs to be warmer. You know, I I, I do think Frank is a pretty good offensive mind and does has a lot of qualities that you want in a head coach. Um, but still, I, I think the lack of accountability is something that you see. And I think how they prepare to start seasons has clearly been an issue. And really, it expands before Frank. But, you know, and some of it's on the players. You know, the players did not want to have a spring period that had any sort of intensity on the football field. Um, I think when that schedule comes out in May, uh, losing six straight openers should have been enough of a blinders are up. But, like, as soon as you saw how difficult that schedule was out of the gate, I think that only added to me the importance of changing up how you approach a season, altering what you do during camp a little bit, altering what you do during the preseason a little bit as well. And the Colts elected not to do that. So, yes, I think obviously Frank is a head coach, so a lot of it is on him. But I think, again, we can't absolve the players because they chose um, or they wanted to have a lighter spring as well. Yeah, Absolutely. Well, thank you, Kevin. I appreciate you coming on, man. Uh, like we said, there's a lot of seasons still to happen, so hopefully the Colts can can bounce back here in the second half of the season, maybe have a more of a winning record, and uh, can sneak their way into the playoffs. But uh, always a pleasure, my friend. I appreciate you coming on. You bet, Cody. Have a great one, man. Thanks for having me. You too, man. Take care. Yeah.